is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Let's go, baby. Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Wednesday, November 18th, 2020, season 16, episode number 66. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break. We're live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Dave Hellman's here in studio with me. We're going to have a lot of fun. Good to see you. We got Amber and Nick at their own respective places, but we'll let them join in. Uh, We will have our finger on the button of Nick's uh, microphone. If it gets to how it got yesterday, we will mute him at some point. Uh, if he if he starts causing problems like he did yesterday, but we're actually going to pick that conversation up here in the first segment a little later in the first segment because I do think it's only fair to give Amber and Dave an opportunity to chime into that conversation. For those of you who weren't listening yesterday, we'll wait and tee that up when we get there. Let's start first though with a couple news items. Uh, Mike McCarthy in his press conference today talked about Andy Dalton and Tyrone Crawford. Dave, what is the status on those two guys at this point? They're back. They're back. Which, I, we kind of, Andy, we kind of felt like that was happening on Monday. But further confirmation, he's off the COVID list. He's going to practice. Tyrone is off the COVID list, I believe, as well. Going to practice. So they're good to go. Yeah, I, I, it's interesting to me because we don't, we don't talk a lot. Of, we haven't talked a lot this year about Tyrone Crawford. What do you guys, how would you assess his play so far this year? I mean, obviously, nobody on the defense has been great. Tank's been pretty good, but nobody's been great. But there are a lot of guys that have been poor, and it's hard to sometimes single out a lot of guys because everybody's not doing so well. But how would you assess Tyrone Crawford's play this year? I, that's a, like you set me up for like a Nick type comment right off the bat, right there. And you're like, we haven't talked a whole lot about Tyrone Crawford. It's like, well, the reason why? Why would we? <laughs> um, he's. He's been no, honestly, I can't. That does sound like Nick. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. No. I I don't have Tyrone any. Crawford has been outstanding. Tyrone Crawford is amazing. He's outstanding. There you go. There's TMZ, something behind TMZ. that. What what is behind He's outstanding. that? No, what is behind that? Because you're not just the saying TMZ that video. Oh, okay, got it. Fear, <laughs> fear. No, I I love right. I love Tyrone. He's outstanding. I love him as a guy. No, um, but I I mean, and I I can't say that he's been awful, but. He certainly hasn't made like this crazy impact, and especially you know that was kind of a selling point throughout the off season was like, and and he is he has been a better player than he's gotten credit for a lot during his career, and, and the the leadership aspect that you know we said all off season that he brings to the defense didn't really look like it showed up in the first half of the season to be blunt about it, and, and for that matter. It, didn't really see him being a difference maker for a defensive line that really needed it. Um, they've been better the last two weeks. I'll be interested to see how that progresses. But you know, a lot of a lot of people wanted to come for Tyrone's money, and I, you know, they probably feel vindicated right now because he hasn't been playing up to it. Definitely not. Nick, you expect him to be ne- be here as part of this team next year? Hmm. I don't know about that. Uh, I, I, I got to look closer at his contract, but I believe this is the year where they could 
probably. Yeah. I, actually, no, he's a, he's this, a free agent. This is agent, the last year. Yeah, 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 that's what I'm saying. He's a free yeah, agent. Yeah, right? this is the last year. You, you know, you we've we've been burned before about that, thinking no way, no way he's coming back. But, you know, it just depends on what his market value is. And, and you know, guys that have position flex that can play a lot of things, I think the position flex has hurt him over his career. I just don't think it's it's he's been able to just lock in on one spot. And so, but I, you know, Coaches like to have it. It's unfortunate this last game. Um, Jalen Smith doesn't get that penalty uh, mm-hmm. on the legal contact or whatever. I mean, he had the sack, forced fumble that returned, you know, returned by Alden Smith. That would have been a difference-making play in, a, in maybe an upset over Pittsburgh. And maybe we're talking about Crawford differently. All it takes is one or two plays for us to completely change our script sometimes on guys. So, you know, it's unfortunate. But I don't know about him coming back next year. It's it's it, it just going to see what the, what the market is for him. What do you think, Amber? I think the, the injuries, I mean, it, that has hurt him. And, yes, you always love a guy that has that kind of flexibility that you can kind of move around depending on your needs. But at the same time, uh, and, and you talk about his performance this year, yes, at times you're like, oh, yeah, Tyrone Crawford. What What is that guy up to? And you wonder what he has done. But... At the same time, sometimes that isn't necessarily a bad thing. You know, it's not like we're over here talking about Tyrone Crawford being horrible and letting plays happen and allowing sacks to happen or not creating enough pressures on on quarterbacks and allowing guys to get through him. So it's kind of a mix of both. And when you look at the, the amount of plays that the defense hasn't been able to create, I think that he would be one guy that hasn't necessarily been my highest worry, at, at least this year. I just, I, I was just thinking, and I don't want to put words in his mouth, obviously only he knows what the future holds for him, but like, I wonder if Tyrone Crawford will play football next year, honestly. Really? I just, you know, what, he was drafted in 2012, so he's, I mean, he's been in the league for a decade. He's not... Vested veteran, yeah. He is not a spring chicken. He is coming off double hip surgery. I bet, you know, if I had to guess, he would probably tell you, you know, not that he wants to make excuses, but he probably ain't feeling great he kind of he alluded to that last time he talked to the media just you know i feel like i'm in year 10 of the nfl i feel like i had double (laughs) hip surgery like this this ain't always fun you know and i've always gotten the impression that you know he he's a guy that's going to be in dfw when he's done playing Mm -hmm. like he's he's got a family he's you know he's settled down he's put roots down here and so you know if it you know if he gets through this season and he doesn't have a robust market somewhere you know like is he gonna uproot his life to name a city tampa for one year a one year deal uh, i don't know I, that it wouldn't surprise me if if the cowboys if they can't come to some agreement on a deal maybe he's just like yeah i've had a pretty good career and that's good enough yeah typically just a thought though like i i mean I, like i said i don't want to I can't. Only he knows the answer to that. But it's just something that I've had in my brain. Typically, if you see players doing that, sometimes they're chasing a ring. But outside of that, you're right. You get to a certain point where it's not fun anymore. Yeah. <laughs> like the pain is not worth uh, what you're what you're actually going and doing on Sunday. And so there are guys that, that make that decision. A lot of guys make that decision at some point. All right, um, Nick, tell us a little bit about this bubble. We heard Jerry talk about it yesterday. We heard Mike McCarthy talk about it today. You are one of the few people in our part of the world that are tiered and obviously you're not in the bubble but talk talk to me about what's happening with this this bubble 
Well, they're just trying to, to be as safe as possible here. The, the, the Tier 2 employees, the, the staff members that are really in close contact with the players all the time, uh, they're opening up the Omni uh, for, for them to be a part of it as well, uh, to be in the bubble so they're, they're not going home. And, you know, I think, in, in, you know, being around, I guess, you know, kids, family that, that, that could have uh, the virus. And so you, you just want to, you know, try to make things as safe as possible for these guys. Um, there are there are some members that, that we know, some some tier two staffers that have been moved over there to uh, to the Omni, and so you know you're right. I'm not in that group, and, and I'm fortunate for that. But but I you know I just think that the Cowboys are trying to take every step possible to be as safe as possible here uh, for this final seven games of the season. Yeah, it's if a, not more. That's a really 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 big. Uh, uh, um, challenge i think for a lot of people if you're in that that mix having to be away from your family for presumably seven weeks uh, say, to be able to... it feels it kind of feels like we're getting close to the finish line because like thanksgiving's right around the corner but yeah. we're not <laughs> no i mean three of these games are going to happen really quickly three games in 11 days but yeah. even i mean there's two months left in the season that is a long time That's to live in a hotel time. i mean we all know because we go out to california for training camp where we're gone for you know that three and a half to four and a half weeks and that seems like a ton of time and you're out in california imagine being this close in dallas but you can't get there right that's a that's a challenge uh it's an investment i think that they're making here to 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 try to get through this season and uh hopefully it all works out to where they can get through the season without any major hiccups all right let's uh let's go ahead and move on to uh i want to hit this this topic that yesterday came up right as we were ending the show um, Nick was making a point, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, Nick, so I'm going to turn it over to you and let you remake that point because I, I know yeah. that during the show I could see – I went back and watched it, Dave. The look on your face was kind of priceless because I could tell you had something burning that you really wanted to say, but the show well, was pretty much not, over. Not only that, but I just – I honestly was just laughing, imagining – I was like, Twitter's going to have a field oh, yeah. day with this. And, and they did. They had fun with it yeah, last night. But fine. Nick, make the point again, and then let's, let's have a little discussion yeah. on it. Yeah, and I and I shouldn't have done that at the very end of the show and not given anybody a chance to to address it. But you know, really, what what I'm saying is is that you know, I hear a lot of talk about the Cowboys should tank or or whatever. All I was saying is is that the true diehard fans, diehard fans that just that every single game they 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 are so invested with the team. I don't think a true diehard fan wants the team to lose. They can see the big picture. They can see a silver lining at the end of the game or whatever. Like, well, you know, at least. At least we, maybe we're going to get a better draft pick. But as the game's going on, if you've been doing this for 38, 51 years, 60 years, whatever, there's no way that you want your team to lose the game if you've been invested for so long. You can see at the end, eh, okay, I guess I'm not going to be that mad about it. That's fine. I'm not going to throw my remote control today or punch a wall today. But... You know, I want us to win, and that's what I think. I think true diehards never really want their team to to lose in the moment. They might see the big picture at the end of it, though. Dave? I mean, it makes me smile, too, because I... I kind of I can see I can see the whole spectrum. And my big thing is really like I don't I don't like to tell anybody how to be a fan because my whole thing is like there's no there's no like entry requirement to this like you know. I mean, cow- cowboy fans from all over the world. There's people that are going to listen to this who live in Europe. There's people mm-hmm. like here in DFW. Somebody in Newport News is listening to this. And, like, 
all you have to do is just decide you like the team. And it's, and really, like, my only requirement after that is that you just stick with it. That's really... Right. Don't jump around. Don't, don't be that ju- person. Don't jump yeah. around, but, like, you can... All walks of life, it doesn't matter how you got here. It doesn't matter if it was five years ago. It doesn't matter if it was, like, in the womb. Just as long as you stick with it, that's really my only requirements. I mean, like, that's any any fanhood, really. And... I legitimately, I mean, I think there are die, no, I know there are because I know them personally. There are diehard, diehard Cowboy fans. And to Nick's point, maybe you are not just sitting there on Sunday actively rooting for them to lose, but you're, you know, you turn on the remote and you're like, all right, boys, like, let's, let's put forth a better effort, but like, don't play too well. Don't play too well. And I, like, I think there are legitimately diehard Cowboy fans who believe that. And, you know, Maybe it feels weird to say you're rooting for them to lose, but it, you know that same person will tell you that a win and a loss is the difference between getting the stud. I mean, let's you know we don't have to use real players, but the stud edge rusher. You know, it, it could be the difference between Chase Young at number two for Washington last year, or if you win that one extra game, now you're trying to talk yourself into a cornerback that you don't really love because that's what's available for you. You know, uh, the the Cowboys. They got lucky that they loved CD. Like they got lucky that CD Lamb was there. Otherwise, now you're talking about like, do we take Trayvon Diggs here? Like Calevon Chase on the pass rusher at LSU. Like, do we really love him? I guess we do. Like that's the that's the position that you're in when you win too many games. So, um, I I see both sides of it. And if you don't want the Cowboys to win another game, I don't think that means you're less of a fan because you're listening to this show. Or, or, you know, God knows how much money you've spent on hoodies and T-shirts and coming down here trying to – or, you know, there's people that live all over the country that – you know, I I go to one road game a year, wherever the closest one is. Like, all that stuff, and and they're doing all that. And if if you don't want them to win another game, it doesn't make you less of a fan if you're doing all the rest of that stuff. You're watching. You are watching the game in a lost season, and you want them to lose it, but you're watching. Like, you are putting in that effort. Like I said, you're not – like if you're not paying attention because the team is bad, then you're I not th- you're a bad fan. Yeah. You're a bad fan if you're not paying attention because the team is bad. But if you're invested, even if you want them to lose, I still think you're you're a pretty good fan. Amber, you got some thoughts on this? Not really, because I'm not a diehard fan of anything. I mean, I wouldn't die for any team whatsoever. So I, I don't really. All I can say, all I can say is. I am very much invested with the Cowboys because of the job, obviously, and we get to watch it and we get to know a lot of the players and all that. So game day comes and and I do care. And like I said yesterday, it depends on what day of the week you're asking me this question because I can care less during the week and be like, you know what, screw it, whatever, they suck let them lose but then game day comes and I'm like oh my freaking god like what are you guys doing they upset me so much so I do want them to win but for example taking last season last season I was to the point where I towards the end of the year I didn't want them to win because in me I knew they didn't have it in them to make it through the playoffs like if it, if they did make the playoffs I knew they couldn't get much further than that so I'm like okay what's the point of keep this go of keeping this going so it it's it sucks it sucks being a fan of anything because you there are so many emotions involved in it and at one moment you may be thinking one thing and, and looking into the draft but then at another moment you you care you really care about the game and you do want your team 
to to be able to be competitive and to be able to have some kind of success. Yeah, I think she nailed it when she said it sucks being a fan because it really it really does. It's and Nick, you told me this when we were talking about this earlier. Like being a fan, especially being a diehard fan. It's probably not healthy all the time. I mean, you're gonna Definitely you're gonna not. probably destroy some things, including some relationships. Like it's probably not gonna be good for you all the time. And I know for Nick and Dave and myself to some degree, like we're all really, really big fans of our college team. And it it's some Saturdays just aren't good. Like you it it ruins your entire week what happens on Saturday. And I'm sure there's some fans out there right now that are thinking the same way about this Cowboys team on Sundays. But I guess the point of what I was trying to make yesterday is, for those folks, there's still some of them that look at it like, hey, I'm going through a tough season anyway. I'm going to have to feel all of this anyway. If I come out of it with a top three pick, um, that actually makes me feel a little bit better about it. And so you can be a diehard fan and still be like, this season is a lost cause, so let's get all that we can get out of this lost cause. I meant to add that too. Is I think this whole tanking thing—it's also—it's a coping mechanism, right? Is it's a way to make yourself feel better about the overwhelming likelihood that you're not going to see that many more wins. And you say, "Well, this sucks, but this is sort of my security blanket that's going to make me sleep better at night." Yeah, it's your Which, silver lining, right? I my favorite thing about this show, you know, Nick. <laughs> Nick is a, I mean, Nick is like one of the most diehard sports fans I've ever met. Yeah. The fact that anybody could be a lifelong Arkansas fanatic speaks to that. I don't mean that as a shot. I mean, but it's. No, he sticks with his team is, and he, he lives and dies with him. It's, it's truth. Uh, but I, my, no, yeah. sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I mean, you're right. I mean, I, I don't have a lot of uh, wins. I mean, I had a. I mean, I, I was holding on to the 1994 basketball championship forever. I mean, like that's just we don't have a lot of a lot of big victories. But you know, when you're an Arkansas fan, it's a it's like a cult. And you know, I've said this a thousand times. I'll say it again. When you're a big a diehard fan of somebody, you don't choose to be a fan. I mean, it, it right. chooses you. It, somebody chose you to be a Dallas Cowboy fan or LSU fan or whatever. I mean, unless you just choose to go to the school, for the most part. Your fandom chooses you, and so you have to accept it. And I'll just say this. You guys are making all these points, and I agree with it. All I'm saying is is the point I'm making is in the game. And, Dave, I I, I challenge you. I don't think that your fans that you're talking about are grabbing a terrible towel as Garrett Gilbert is driving down the field and be like, God, I hope he doesn't score. No, because you're a Cowboy fan. You want to win. You'll deal with the you'll deal with the other part later. Let's win the game. Let's knock off the undefeated Steelers. I mean, I just don't think the diehards in the game really want their team to lose. They just learn how to accept the silver lining of it if they do lose. I think there's some I think there's some truth to that. Like in the you know if in the moment, yeah. If if uh holy in crap what I can't even think of uh, Greg Zerline. I was about to say Dan Bailey. That's yeah. if Greg Zerline's lining up to kick a, <laughs> a walk off and Dallas is down by one, I don't know how many people have it within them to be like miss this kick. Die hard. Like, yeah, yeah, they're, they're, uh-uh. yeah. Yeah. What if so you're saying you want, they want Dan Bailey to actually make the kick? Well, they want Dan Bailey weekend. to miss because he plays for the Vikings, <laughs> right. I guess. No, I was. I, uh, do they want him to make it? <laughs> my favorite thing about this show. So my point was going to be Nick's been a fanatic forever. You know, he can tell you about the '70s Cowboys in yeah. great detail. You're, you know, we, you and me. You're, I grew up an Oilers fan. Well, yeah. but no, but you're a Texas freak, and I'm an LSU fanatic. Yeah. I just love like so. But we've had this problem since birth, as have most people that are listening to this show. And Amber 
is like on year five. Like she's still sort of just getting her feet wet in yeah. this whole terrible arrangement that sucks. is being a fan. Oh, it sucks. And we it's get the worst. Her, and we get to see her walk through this yeah. life cycle of it. Like she's just a baby in this right. thing. And we're like, I'm just you like, have no idea what I mean, this is going to bring to your give life you a hug for the next 20 years. Yeah, right? it's, I mean, it's brutal, man. But you know what? As somebody whose team reached the mountaintop last year, it is worth it. Oh, yeah. And when the Cowboys finally pull right. it off, whether it's next year or 30 years from now, it's so worth it. It will be so worth it. It is so worth it. You're right. When Texas won that championship, Hopefully we're alive. My, <laughs> wife, my wife jumped up and ran around the block. It's late at night, and she ran around the block just screaming because of the excitement we had about Texas winning a national champion. It is everything when you finally reach the, the, the top. So, yeah, it's, it's all worth it at some point, hopefully soon hopefully <laughs> hopefully we'll see hopefully right. while we're alive amber you're right yes we are going to take our first break when we come back we got bucky brooks lined up from nfl network he's going to talk to us about this uh, vikings team particularly the vikings offense with we'll that when we come right back this is dallascowboys.com radio there's nothing as unique as our eyes which is why slr pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you verilux for super sharp vision essential blue for protection and Grisol for freedom from glare. Three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can by purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson Hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Dear, it's 1908. Don't you think we should get electricity? Hmm, and stop using candles to see at night. It's just electricity lights up the room fast. It's more reliable than candles blowing out, and people seem to love it nationwide. Well, candles are... Dear, did you just run into the wall? Nope. May I have a new candle, please? Historically, switching to new technology is a no-brainer. Today, it's AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure, and nationwide. Switch to AT&T 5G. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan. May not be in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Back to the break. Welcome back to segment two of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star uh, we appreciate you guys joining us. We're going to jump right in. we got Bucky Brooks from NFL Network joining us. We haven't had you on in two weeks, but welcome back to the show. We get to talk about the Minnesota Vikings. How are you today? Oh, man, I'm great. I enjoyed listening to you guys' segment on fandom. As a devout North Carolina Tar Heel fan, I am, I am in the boat with you. And so I am always <laughs> about winning, and I'm never satisfied despite the championships or whatever. So I understand it. Hey, well, right now, y'all got our old coach, and he's, he's doing things up there. He's going to get that program turned around, as he did it before he got to us. Mac Brown doing some big, big things up there in North Carolina right now. 
Yeah, absolutely. He's a great coach. Yeah. All right, so let's jump in. Um, let's talk a little bit about this Minnesota offense. I know usually I'll start the conversation by asking you what they do well. I think we all know what they do well. Uh, Minnesota right now is second in rushing yards per attempt at 5.2 yards per attempt. Chicago held Cook to uh, only 3.2 yard average. Uh, what did they do, along with Indianapolis in Week 2, what did they do uh, that other, other teams have not been able to do when it comes to stopping the run uh, of Minnesota? Well, those teams are really good against the run. Those teams are really sound defenses. They do a pretty good job of uh, winning the line of scrimmage. Uh, for the Cowboys, this would be the biggest test that they've had. Uh, this would go back to what the Cleveland Browns did because they're similar systems. And so this would be a test of the physicality, the effort, the discipline, all those things that have kind of been murmured about throughout the course of the season. Well, this is the exam to see how far they've made, uh, how, how much progress they've made. Uh, the problem that you have when you defend in the Minnesota Vikings is you have a system that is very sound. It is a system where the offensive line, they, they move like elephants on parade. So they're all in unison. They're working together and they are trying to get a push horizontally. And then you have a running back in Dalvin Cook, who is one of the best in the business at being able to be a one cut runner. When he sees the crease, he attacks it and he has juice and vision and balance and body control. And he's just a special player. And so it's the perfect marriage between player and system. And if you're not on your P's and Q's that game, he will run for 200 yards because they will give it to him. They will feed him. He is they are doing everything that Cowboys fans talk about doing with Zeke. Give it to him 20 times. Well, if you don't stop him, he's going to get it 25 times. Bucky, uh, we lost Trevon Diggs. We all know that. And we know that Cheeto is coming back, but we still don't know what he's going to look like on the field. I'm curious about your assessment between the secondary and their passing game and what they can do over there with their receivers. Well, the secondary has played better of late. And the reason they play better is because they've made the number one priority is not allow the ball to fly over their head. Keep the ball in front, limit the big plays, rally and tackle, and live to fight another down. And as simple as that sounds, it is the most effective way to keep people from scoring points because as the field gets condensed and tighter, now you are able to use the sideline and the end zone as extra defenders, and it works in your advantage. The problem when you face the Minnesota Vikings is this. Everyone knows that Dalvin Cook is the guy. And you have to put eight in the box, maybe nine in the box to slow him down. Well, they want to throw play-action passes. They want to go max protect. And they're going to let their two wide receivers, Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson, go to work. And what the Minnesota Vikings have done is they've invested in wide receivers who are craftsmen who are outstanding route runners, and if you give them time, they will put cornerbacks in the blender. And that is what we're seeing. Adam Thielen is tied for first with nine touchdowns. Justin Jefferson leads all rookies in receiving yards. He has four 100-yard days. And if you are unable to cover them one-on-one from a skill standpoint, they will go bonkers. And so the dilemma is, how much do I sell out to stop Dalvin Cook? And can I sell out while being good enough to deal with these two artists that are on the perimeter creating separation and getting wide open? It's a challenge, and it's a conundrum that Mike Nolan has to come in with a plan on how do I want to defend these two different options that they can go with. Bucky, uh, three days ago, Kirk Cousins did not have a winning record in the NFL as a starter, but he did win uh, Monday night, so now he's 48-47-2. 
He's two and six against the Cowboys, so he's never really been that great against Dallas. Is he is he a good quarterback in your mind? Is he average quarterback? I know he you know he gets paid well, but it, we, how do you assess him? Yeah, I think with Kirk Cousins, I think the biggest thing that clouds him is the compensation doesn't match the production and the performance. He got paid what he got paid because he was able to parlay the franchise tag into a hefty payday. But if you ask me what Kirk Cousins is, quarterbacks come in two categories. They're either trucks or they're trailers. They're trucks where they carry the team or they're trailers where the team carries them. He's a trailer. The team and the system (laughs) carries him and he has success. He doesn't have the ability on his own to put it on his shoulders and make it happen. We've seen him falter time after time after time in Washington and in Minnesota. When he's had to do it by himself, he can't get it done. That said, this system and the environment that they've created right now is perfect for him to have success. The last three games, he's completed over 70% of his passes, six touchdowns, one interception, passer rating is at 123. So if they're able to dictate the terms by establishing the running game and throw play action passes, Kirk Cousins can look like a star. But if they are able to control the running game and you make him have to throw a drop back game, Kirk Cousins has shown time and time again he can't do it. Bucky, I hope I'm not putting you on the spot too much by asking you to go back a month, but a lot of people are connecting dots in this game to the Browns game because Kevin Stefanski came from Minnesota, runs a similar scheme, and it's hard not to remember that the Browns ran for 307 yards against this defense. Uh, so, I mean, if we are, and I mean, we, we know what the Vikings do, we know what Dalvin Cook is capable of. What and and if you remember, the Browns game was the game where you know everybody was dogging the effort level. So I get that, but is there something else that showed up in that game that? led to them being so horrendous against the run and if they're going to fix one thing to play better this week what would it need to be physicality and discipline um part of the reason why the cowboys played the last time we played well the last time we saw them out because they were absolutely fearful of being embarrassed by the physicality of the pittsburgh steelers and so we saw them play at a different level when it came to their effort and energy um the challenge will be Everyone has seen the tape of the Cleveland Browns. The Minnesota Vikings have seen it. The Minnesota Vikings are going to run those same schemes at them, and they're going to test the Cowboys to see if they have made the necessary corrections to slow them down. What has to happen? Jalen Smith, Leighton Van Der Esch, they have to be in the gaps. Up front, Neville Gallimore and Antoine Woods and, and Alden Smith and DeMarcus Lord. They have to be able to control the line of scrimmage and stay in their gaps. If they freelance, if they lose any of their discipline, Dalvin Cook is going to gut them and he's going to run for a 70-yard touchdown. It is as simple as that. This will be the longest and toughest test of discipline that we will see from the Cowboys in this game. Over a 60-minute game, can they do what they're asked to do over and over and over again without freelancing. And they've done it of late, but they haven't been tested by a team that is going to run it and run the same plays over and over again. Are they up to the challenge? That's really what we see, because if they're able to do it this week, I'm very optimistic that they'll be fine the rest of the season against these run-heavy teams. But if they can't do it against Minnesota, they're going to have a tough time doing it against Baltimore, San Francisco, uh, Philadelphia, and some of these other run-heavy teams that are on the schedule. Yeah, you mentioned that being the longest and toughest test that they're going to have. As you saw last night, in that, or that night before last in that game, like they were getting nothing out, nothing out of the running game, but they kept with it. I, I don't know if I've seen a team be that disciplined where they were like, we're going to run the ball. You may stop us, 
but we're going to keep running the ball. And as you notice, there at the end of the game when Akeem Hicks goes out of the game, they started getting a few more creases there and opportunities to be able to get some yards out of it. But it's going to be interesting to see how how the Cowboys can do over a full 60-minute game. But I want to take you back earlier. You, you mentioned you were talking to, I think it was a question that Amber asked, and talking about the, the, the receivers matching up with the Cowboys secondary. My question for you, it's a two-part question. One, do you think Cheeto Awuzie and Anthony Brown can cover these receivers one-on-one if the Cowboys opt to bring that, that safety down into the box? But in addition to that, if you were Mike Nolan, what would be your strategy? Would you bring that extra guy down in the box and risk on the outside um, letting those guys go get free? Or would you say, hey, we got to stay true to what we do, which is, you know, rally and tackle, and that may mean that that we we can't bring that extra guy down. We absolutely have to make stopping the run the priority. It has to be number one. Dalvin Cook is the guy. It has to be all hands on deck to slow down Dalvin Cook because the one thing that we know, if they run the ball, they were running for 300 yards, and they will absolutely dominate the game. You have to take your chances, and you almost have to go to Anthony Brown and Awuzie and say, hey, you got to put your big boy pads on this week. We cannot help you. We can't put people over the top. You're going to have to hold up in your matchup, and you just have to see if they can do it. Now, there will be some down some advantageous downs where if you get third and long you're able to dictate the turns where maybe you can double up or roll coverage but for the most part those guys in a quarter system you're going to have to hold up and and win your your individual battle against Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen that is the only way that they're going to be able to defend the running game and so it's a challenge but I think of the lesser evils the passing game is the lesser evil because the one thing about that I can talk about Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen getting open but is Kirk Cousin going to be on his game? Mm-hmm. And so you just don't know if he's going to be on his game. So I'm going to roll the dice and say, Kirk Cousins, if you have a 300-yard day, we'll tip our hat and we'll go on. But we cannot allow Dalvin Cook to have 150 yards on the ground because that is an absolute recipe for disaster. Bucky, my, my next question isn't about the Vikings, but about the Cowboys and this bye week. I know that, that the bye week was very necessary because of injuries and all that. But from your own experience, I mean, do you, when you talk about momentum and seeing the fact that the Cowboys against the Steelers were able to start creating some good things that we haven't seen all throughout the season, do you, do you feel that maybe having a week off affects that kind of momentum? Or do you just don't think that has anything to do with what they can do this upcoming week? Well, I mean, I think you go into the bye week feeling positive and optimistic. You lost to the Pittsburgh Steelers, but defensively, you started to stack together two positive games. So now what the bye week has afforded you is an opportunity to clean up all the other stuff and to continue to get better. Now, the lockdown in the COVID situation prevented them from fully getting on the field and doing what they want to do in terms of continuing to progress. But I think you continue to rep what you rep. You continue to build upon what you've displayed uh, the last couple of weeks. You try and make sure that Randy Gregory and Neville Gallimore and some of the other young players that are playing have a complete and clear understanding of what they're being asked to do. And you just continue to hone in to the scheme and make sure everyone understands exactly what's expected. And then I think for Mike Nolan and also for Mike McCarthy and Kellen Moore, it's the self-scout because as much as we talk about the defense, we got to talk about complimentary football and make sure that everyone is on the same page. So the bye week should be an opportunity for everyone to have a clear picture of this is who we are. This is how we have to play going forward. Now let's make sure we put our players in the best position to make plays playing the style that we have to play. Uh, Bucky, uh, in your five uh, bucks uh, column today, you said that Andy Dalton doesn't have to be a superhero 
but the guys around him certainly uh, certainly do. And you mentioned a lot of guys on defense there. Uh, can you talk about how what you've seen out of Demarcus Lawrence here lately? I mean, I, I know you mentioned him a minute ago, but it seems like he is a different player than what we saw earlier in the season. Yeah, now without being privy to like the injuries and stuff like that, he certainly looks like Demarcus Lawrence of old. And in the column, what I said is, stars have to be stars. Because right now, as we were saying as players, this is the dash for the cash. They have seen that the Cowboys look up and they're one game away from being right back in the mix in the division. They saw Philadelphia lose, they're sitting there. And so, and so the way that it has to happen is, your stars have to take their game up a notch. You cannot depend on the role players to elevate this team into playoff contention. So on defense, that's Demarcus Lawrence, that's Alden Smith, that's Jalen Smith, that's LVE. Those guys have to play like the blue chip players that we thought they were coming into the year. And so if you're Mike Nolan, if you're Mike McCarthy, you have to have very open and honest and frank discussions about, hey, the time is now, we gotta pick up our play and we will be led by the stars. The stars will ultimately determine whether the Cowboys go to the playoffs or not. I don't want to act like Justin Jefferson is some crazy sleeper rookie because he was the 22nd overall pick in the draft. He's obviously a good player, but he was the fifth receiver taken. I guess I'm mainly asking this to take a shot at Philadelphia, basically, because they drafted Jalen Rager Mm -hmm. over him. Um, Is it too soon to say that you know that this was a drastic draft mistake by several teams that this guy I mean to be the fifth receiver taken even in such a a top heavy class or is Justin Jefferson's success more about the talent around him than him being as transcendent as he has looked I guess well I'm gonna tell you this because of your LSU ties obviously Uh, I I might be a little bit biased phone calls (laughs) no I got I got texts and phone calls from Jerry Sullivan who had spent time at LSU two seasons ago working with Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase and he texted me because he saw me put Justin Jefferson not at the top of the board and he said I'm telling you right now this guy will be the best player in the class he is outstanding he's a dog he's a better player than Jamar Chase will be when he enters the league and he said that he has everything and so I kind of text back and was like, ah, I hear you. Like, he's nice. I like the route running, but I don't know. Like, these other guys are really good. And then, lo and behold, you look at the tape, and you're like, darn it. Like, I underestimated how good he is. And I think the common theme when it comes to these receivers that have immediate success in the league, all of the guys are artists when it comes to route running. So much of what we get caught up in in the pre-draft run is, hey, how fast are they? Can they do these things? And really, it's the skill. And when I look at Justin, Jefferson. Justin Jefferson is an artist. He's Picasso. He is painting masterpieces out there, creating separation and getting open. And because of that, he can get open against guys who are high-end corners. And so his success is not a product of the system. It's a product of him being a very, very talented and skilled route runner. And the Minnesota Vikings put him in a position where he is able to use his tools. All right, Bucky, man, we appreciate you joining us. I know we ran a little bit long today, but we appreciate you giving us some good insight into this Minnesota Vikings offense. Tomorrow we'll have you back. We'll talk about the Vikings defense. Uh, We're going to go and take our final break. When we come back, we'll have a couple questions before we wrap up the show. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears, okay. Let's play. Cream soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass 
Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. There's nothing as unique as our eyes, which is why Essilor pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super sharp vision, Essential Blue for protection, and Crizol for freedom from glare. Three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing, the star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Dear, it's 1908. Don't you think we should get electricity? Hmm, and stop using candles to see at night. It's just electricity lights up the room fast. It's more reliable than candles blowing out, and people seem to love it nationwide. Well, candles are... Dear, did you just run into the wall? Nope. May I have a new candle, please? Historically, switching to new technology is a no-brainer. Today, it's AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure, and nationwide. Switch to AT&T 5G. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan. May not be in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Back to the break. Snap a photo with your favorite Cowboys player anywhere at any time. It's... AT&T Pose with the Pros on the go. Now available with the Dallas Cowboys app under the stadium tab. Pose with the Pros on the go. Presented by AT&T 5G. Man, welcome back to the final segment of the Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios. It's fun having Dave in studio. I wish we could do this more often. I it honestly feels way nicer to be able to like interact yeah, we with can somebody, see each other, and yeah. have a conversation, not rather like than wait freezing. To see if somebody's about to talk, or yeah. yeah. And when you freeze, like we just get these weird looks on your face, and it's just stuck there. And it's I weird. have it's a awkward. weird look on my face anyway, for the most part. <laughs> oh, so. I wish people could go back and watch the show from yesterday and just see the faces Dave was making as Nick was talking toward the end of the show. It's pretty funny. Um, I like to. I try to communicate with the audience w- wordlessly sometimes. Like yeah. if something crazy happening, I just kind of like Jim from the Office. I just like to stare at my webcam. Like it's the reason why if you don't watch this show, you probably should rather than just listen in. Uh, Amber, before we end the show today, let's go ahead and get one fan question. What do we have? Well, I got a lot of people really interested in Bradley and I and Reggie Robinson. So I got a lot of questions of them wanting to know if, do you guys expect to see more of them in this second half of the season? Hmm. That has been, that's been a thing all season. And it's one of those, it's a situation where, you know, week one, week two, week three, people are like, where are Reggie and a nine? It's like, well, they're rookies and there's much better players in front of them like chill out but now you know the, the record's bad the season's not over but it's slipping away and so now i'm with you where i'm like okay what do you have to lose by getting these guys more snaps like bradley and i hasn't had i he, he he's i don't he definitely hasn't had more than five defensive snaps all year and reggie hasn't been active yet and you know i don't know if we'll see that this week but if the playoffs get further and further out of reach, then I would absolutely hope that those guys get thrown into the action because at that point, what do you have to lose? So while the division is still technically up for grabs, I don't know, but hopefully at least in December, hopefully we'll see some more of them. 
Yeah, you know the interesting thing is I, saw I Nick actually shaking his head with a big no. No, well they they practice. I mean, they, and so they the Cowboys to see them in practice. They know Reggie Robinson what he can do and probably what he can't do. Um, and so, like I said yesterday, if they're pulling out Stephen Parker and guys like that to play, uh, I think Reggie Robinson's been an option. It just hasn't been a good one. But I agree with what Dave said. I mean, Jerry said that on the radio the other day. You want to play young guys. I mean, he didn't say it like this, but I'm just going to paraphrase. He said, you want to play young guys if they don't suck. I mean, if they're going to suck and, and mess the whole thing up, you don't want to play them. I mean, it's pretty much what he said. I mean, it was like, it's very valuable for them to play, but they better not bring the, you know, bring the whole thing down. So uh, right now, while it's, you know, they're fighting for it, I think, I think it's, you know, I don't see why Reggie Robinson couldn't play some special teams, but I guess I don't really know who you would take off the field right now, so... You know, I bet you we'll see them at some point, though. Yeah, my my thought was, and and again, I may have not really understood the full scope of it, but when he came in, when the Cowboys drafted him, my thought was he's going to be a guy that they're going to have to develop a little bit. And and so he wasn't going to be a guy that was going to be immediately a guy they would just throw out there. So I, this doesn't surprise me. I will say my counter to that is the other thing was mm. everybody raved about his special teams ability. Right, that like was, he blocked that was three or right, four yeah. kicks in college. He can do this, that, and the other. So it, it's definitely not surprising to me that he's not getting snaps Corner, in the secondary. Yeah. The fact that he hasn't been in uniform yet this season as a fourth-round pick is a little yeah. surprising. And he, it, he had a rough training camp. There's no way around that yeah. but again i'm not asking him to start at safety i'm i just at this point i would have guessed that you'd see him on special teams or at least getting a jersey yeah and to be honest with you, i don't think like, yeah. like like nick said i don't know that there are guys right now on special teams you like you got to get that guy out of there and make room for for reggie robinson especially if he's not giving you anything as a as a cornerback so again this doesn't shock me just yet now if you get into next season he's still not active now we got some problems but for me a guy like that that didn't have uh, uh, an off season didn't have training camp or didn't have a, a normal training camp. I'm not as shocked by that. It seems like it's it's kind of yeah. par for the course. It does. I know we got to go, but it do, it reminds me of Donovan Wilson a little bit, and mm. it's it's different because Reggie didn't have a preseason, but Donovan Wilson looked amazing in the preseason. Didn't really get a ton of time. The fans were pissed off about it, yeah. and we were saying the same thing. Like, well, the coaches see more than we do, and they don't think he's ready. And to be fair, he had another off season to progress and do this, that, and the other, but. He's looked pretty good once he's gotten the opportunity. So maybe you should give guys a chance a little bit more often. We'll see. We'll no. see. I'm sure he, I, I would guess it, at down the stretch here he might get some opportunities. But by, by no means am I writing him off. I think right now it's just one of those things where he's developing, and they're developing, and we'll see what he turns out to be next year and years after that. All right, we appreciate you guys joining us. We'll be back tomorrow. We're going to get into this Vikings defense against the Cowboys offense. Till then, for Nick Eveman, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia, I am Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com. Radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!